What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Curveballs and Share Shots. My name is Brandon Tanguma. Definitely more than six feet away from me for this podcast. My lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hopson, joining me live via Zoom. Dominic, how are you doing today? I got the Rona. You got the Rona. Breaking news. Got the Rona. And this is why we're doing the Zoom podcast. Yep. But we're still going to hang out tomorrow, right? I mean... I mean, I don't know. Let's let, full disclosure, Dominic, would you like to explain the situation for the, the viewing audience? Uh, I mean, I don't want to break kayfabe for once, so we'll let them think I have corona. Okay, yeah. So I just broke kayfabe, huh? When we don't have a podcast next week, because we're both going to be in the ICU. That's a Dominic. <laughs> no, a cashier at my store. You know, I'm not going to name any names, you know, for, you know, Make sure this person doesn't get murdered by somebody. Um, but uh, her roommate tested positive, and I was around the area where she was working at her at her station, and might have you know she might you know she, you know when you work at a hardware store you don't just stay at your register you kind of got to walk to like different registers and like do certain things and stuff so like possibly could have been touching shit she was touching so you know. I'm uh, out of work for two weeks. Quarantine. Well, we were supposed to be on vacation starting tomorrow. I'm supposed to be at Oracle Park where the Giants play, crip walking across the stage, getting my diploma, and then heading out on a flight to Vegas for double or nothing tomorrow. But here we are joining a Zoom call because Dominic has the coronavirus. I mean, that just sums it up perfectly. Okay. I mean, yeah. but Alleg- you know. Allegedly. Allegedly, and you know, we're still gonna. I'm still gonna get sloshed at your house tomorrow. You're making me slushies, drinking he's beers. Banana no, he's not making pineapple slushies, Mary. Sorry, studio audience. When I, when I asked what kind of slushies, someone blurted out watermelon, and that was the only answer I was given. So I got a watermelon. Okay, so just let you know, Mary. I mean, studio audience. Sorry. Um, when he brought it up, someone blurted out, a.k.a. yo ass, and said watermelon. I said watermelon. Yeah, so he got watermelon. So, decent deal with pineapple. it. You got pineapple? And there's plenty of extra Smirnoff to go around if you want a BYOD Ooh. or whatever. He said he has extra Smirnoff. He doesn't know we're classy bitches and you don't drink Ciroc. Well, is that what? We, what do what did we do last year? I, I already forgot. Didn't we do Smirnoff last year? Did we Smirnoff for what? For Vegas. He I I thought Vegas? when we went to when we went and got slushies in Vegas, was it Smirnoff they put in it? I you mean remember? the, the oh, bottle. Oh, the bottle of my infamous almost thrown up after taking like a tiny swig. Yes. Uh, yes, it was Smirnoff. There you go. So that's why I was like, oh, we got Smirnoff in Vegas. Might as well have Smirnoff when we're not in vain, Vegas. Venus? Anus? And that's the podcast. Goodbye. Good night. McBing Bing. Speaking of last year's trip to Las Vegas, we did post a retro episode of our Las Vegas trip slash double or nothing recap from last year so if you'd like to go and listen to that podcast after you listen to this one of course highly recommend 
maybe one of our best episodes we've ever done, Dominic. I mean, it's safe to say it probably is top three best episodes of all time. And it's not one of those, it's so bad it's good. It's quality audio content we deliver. But let's quit jibber-jabbering and let's get right into it. We got some sad news to talk about. Some, a lot of sad news we're going to talk about on this podcast. Jerry oh, Sloan. Fine. Okay. Thank you for cutting me off, Dominic. Well, I mean, I mean I, I'm allowed to speak, right? Only when spoken to. I thought that was oh, okay. Uh Just talk about Jerry Sloan. Yes, so Jerry Sloan, the news came out today that he has passed away. Legendary NBA coach, coach from the late 80s into the early 2000s. Arguably one of the greatest coaches of all time. Obviously coached the Jazz during their prime in the 90s. Malone, Stockton, they are subject of the Last Dance documentary this past weekend. And just sad news to come out that this all-time great coach passed away Dominic I mean I'm not trying to uh you know be rude or anything Brandon but uh you know he's an all-time great coach does you know I don't, I don't know much about coaching I'm not I'm not a coaching guy but did he take the jazz to a title or did this did he just take them there and they didn't win well there was this one guy he was on the bulls his name was Michael Jordan he was kind of okay, maybe a little bit overrated, some might say. But they went to the finals back-to-back and lost to that guy a couple times. Okay, so and, and this is another question. You know, I'm not trying to be a dick here, but how is he an all-time great coach if he hasn't gotten a title? I mean, come on, man. Really? He is one of the most winningest coaches of all time. And I think he's also one of the best in terms of winning percentage as well. And speaking of those bulls, he is the first player in bulls history to have his number retired. So not only an all time, great coach, a damn good player as well. Hmm. Okay. Good to know. Just, uh, just, you know, just, you know, learn. I try to learn as much as I can here on the podcast. You know, sometimes it's stupid stuff. Sometimes it's smart stuff. Sometimes I just blabber on about stuff. I don't know, but Jerry Sloan never, didn't know who he was, Brandon, until today when I read that he coached the Jazz during that time period. And, you know, I, I just learned something new that the, retired, uh, the Bulls retired his number. So, amazing. There you go, Dominic. Got to keep kayfabe alive. I thought you were just going to hem and haw and just bullshit your way through it. But you outed yourself. That's two weeks in a row you've outed yourself, Dominic. I'm proud of you. Well, you know, I, I think uh, I'm trying to turn, a, uh, turn over a new lead here. I'm trying to be more upfront with my stupidity. Well, this is not on the script, Dominic, but this is curveballs and cherry shots. We'd like to throw you a curveball here. Let's talk a little bit about the basketball season. It seems as though they're making some decent progress. News has come out about possibly the Disney facility down in Orlando. Could be a possibility for a tournament playoff uh, environment for the NBA. Haven't really talked about NBA all that much. We've been focused mainly on Major League Baseball. Dominic, what are your thoughts on the... Uh, talks and the progress that the NBA has made because they're obviously in a different predicament than the MLB that if they wait too long, then not only does this affect the 2020 season, but also the 2020 to 2021 season. I mean, see my point of view is cut your losses, but then their other point of view from millions of other people is no, you need to finish the season. So if they were to go down to Orlando, I think in my better judgment do you do a full 
you know, playoff bracket, you know, Western Conference, East Conference, you do all like just like a playoff scenario? Or, I mean, I, I don't know like how to feel about this. I feel like it'd be way too many teams, way too many people. Um, the risk, uh, you know, would be way too high. I think they should just cut their losses. I think for basketball, it is out of the sports. It's a lot not easier to control, but it's more manageable because it is a smaller team. You got 12 players, maybe like 20 or, I mean, probably like 15 personnel, staff and coaches that you can kind of handle when it comes to the play itself. I mean, every sporting league right now, they're kind of in flux and there's going to be asterisks put upon, you know, whoever wins these seasons just because it was so different compared to all the other years with the NBA. I think they need to, hurry up and really decide what they're going to do. Because I think if they don't make a decision until like mid to late June, and then maybe they're starting in July, they end at like August. And normally the season starts up, you know, in the fall, and then you only give them a couple months rest. And then you bring, you play again. And then maybe that's shortened and there's no fans. And then there's the Olympics the next year. And then it's just kind of one big snowball effect just because of the, what is going on right now. Would you be okay with them saying either a or scrapping the year um, this year never, you know, unless, unless, I mean, I can't, it's been so long, but unless there's some major milestones, you know, like somebody hit a certain pinnacle of something, you know, whatever, keep that record. But, you know, in terms of who is champion of the season, they say, screw it, never existed. We start fresh next season. Or would you rather say the top two teams of each division right now play and the winner is the champion? I don't think if they do play, they're not going to do like just four teams play. Maybe you do a regular, not a regular playoff, but you have like the same amount of teams, like a 16 team playoff bracket. Maybe you do a best of three series, best of five series, and then make it to the finals, best of seven. But when it comes to, you know, if you want to strike the the year and just be like, no, we're not going to do it. That's fine. I mean, there's been, I mean, definitely baseball, there has been strike shortened seasons whether it be at the beginning of the year, the end of the year, 94, there was no World Series. So it's not like this hasn't happened before in terms of seasons being cut short. Normally it's because of labor disputes, but now this one's because of a global pandemic. I mean, like, I, I don't understand the – and I'm sorry if I offend you if you listen to this, but I don't understand how people are so upset over no sports when – these these are probably the same people that are saying, you know, um, you know, I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not wearing a mask inside Costco. You know, it, it's it's point. You know, these people are going to risk their lives just to, to play a sport for for your enjoyment when you can be and make spending. millions of dollars. I'm not worried about that. You know, we do all talked about that, but you know, it, it's you know, they're. They're not heroes. I mean, to some, they're heroes, you know, to the, you know, dying kids and shit, whatever. Um, but, like, they're not heroes. These people are not there for saving anyone's life. They're there for your entertainment, my entertainment, people's entertainment. Why not, you know, showcase the nurses, the doctors, the scientists that are trying to help prevent this getting worse? You know what I mean? Dominic just coming out with the fire hot takes right now. Well, right when I said that last piece, the studio audience said, Dominic. So might be in some hot water right now. 
we, we did pick up on that. So let's move on before Dominic gets into more trouble. Let's talk about the NFL. News came out a few days ago that the Cowboys reportedly offered Dak Prescott a five-year, $175 million deal, $35 million per, which would make him uh, around the highest paid quarterback in the league. But it's all come out to be fake news. Both the Cowboys and Dak's party has rejected this, said that this never happened. Now, we don't have to talk about this deal in specific, but they got about two more months to shit or get off the pot. Dak seemingly is really looking for the guaranteed money. Even if he is with the franchise tag, he's making a shit ton of money. But what he really wants is the long-term security because if he plays this year, he gets injured, he could lose out on you know tens of millions of dollars. I mean, I thought we we're all in agreement here that Dak's garbage. Like, I think that's more you saying that Dak is garbage and not worth it. Oh, well, maybe Jerry Jones listened to the podcast. I don't know. Jerry, what's up, dog? Um, well, but, you're the uh, one that says that he's not the best in his division, not the best in his state, not the best in his whatever. Not the best in the world? QCM punk music. I'm not trying to pay oh, all that money. Ro- royalties? Okay. Um, no, I, I, I think uh, it would be stupid to offer him that much money. Then again, I know he wants that, you know. See, okay, if he's just worried about guaranteed money, why not offer him a low contract but guarantee half, more than half of it? But if you're offering low money, you're not getting the guaranteed money that the other quarterbacks are getting. He wants over $100 million in guaranteed money. So you say, oh, well, fuck, I guess you, yeah. He wants $100 million guaranteed? Fuck that motherfucker. He ain't worth it. Dominic, would you like me to pull up the other quarterback contracts and see what they're worth? And you can, you know, go back and see where Dak Prescott ranges. Bring up three quarterbacks you think that make money like that that don't deserve it. And I'll tell you if they deserve it or not. Or if Dak deserves it or not. All right, let's see if I can. Hopefully the first link, link I click on is a good one. Okay, so nice. Russell Will, Russell Wilson is the highest paid quarterback worth over $140 million. He is guaranteed 107 of that million dollars. Deservingly? I mean, he is a Super Bowl champion. Uh, let's see. Ben, Big Ben, age 38. He's guaranteed $50 million, making $34 million per year. Okay, so where, where's the argument in that? I don't know. I'm just going down the list, Dominic. Oh, okay. So, so let's just go. Okay, maybe skip Aaron Rodgers because, you know, he's he, he's pretty damn good. Then maybe, you know, Jared Goff, Kurt Cousins, and Carson Wentz. Well, Jared Goff is maybe the one that you would equate to him because he is younger. $134 million, 33.5 per year, guaranteed over $110 million. God damn, really? Yes, sir. See, well, it's a, it says total guarantee. I don't know what the difference between total guaranteed and fully guaranteed means because it says 110 total guaranteed, but then it says 57 fully guaranteed. Maybe that just means what he's been paid thus far. Okay, that makes sense. He's, a, he's guaranteed 110 over his five-year contract or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my opinion on Goff is I feel like he has a lot of upside. I feel like Dak has been so... 
so uh, plateaued. You know that I think that that would be the only justification I can make for Goff make, making that guaranteed money is Goff. I feel like has a lot of upside still. He hasn't plateaued or gone down yet. And then Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz are the two other players that are paid more than Dak Prescott. Carson Wentz is paid annually more, thirty-three million, but it's a shorter contract. He's guaranteed ninety-six million, which is pretty much almost the entire contract is fully guaranteed. And then Carson Wentz, $128 million, uh, 107 of that is guaranteed. See, and that, that uh, okay. I, I can see why Prescott would be a little upset with this. Because, um, I mean, granted, Wentz got the Eagles to the Super Bowl but got hurt, and Nick Foles had to, had to finish the job. Um, but – Cousins, I, I, I honestly don't, don't see why he's guaranteed that much money. Um, now, like I was saying, though, Prescott has plateaued. I mean, he need, I think he needs to prove himself, prove his worth, and another team will swoop him up. So maybe, maybe you say, you know what, Jerry, I'll take a shorter deal, shorter, you know, guarantee me whatever the fuck you want, and then I'm going to – try my, my hat in free agency and see if I can get swept up for big money. It is kind of funny looking at this list, seeing all these numbers, and then right where Dak says guaranteed interest, zero and zero. Poor poor Dak, not getting his money. Not not, not trying to keep, keep going on with this, but what's Derek Carr worth? Let's see. Derek Carr, he got to scroll down. Eh, not too far down. He's wedged in between Matt Stafford and Drew Brees. He, his contract... $125 million, 25 per year, guaranteed $70 million. Uh, I think that, I think that he's worth that, I guess. All right, let's move on. Got some more football news to talk about. The Jets have signed veteran quarterback Joe Flacco. He was with the uh, Denver Broncos, and now he signs with the Jets. We'll Obviously, be the backup to Sam Darnold. Darnold, not really able to stay healthy for an entire year. So, I think a good backup veteran presence for uh, the Jets and for Bradford, or not Bradford, uh, Darnold. Dominic, your thoughts on the Jets signing Flacco? I think it's a decent pickup. Um, if it was my opinion, I'd probably, yeah, I would probably start Flacco or at least give him, let them battle it in the preseason and whoever looks better, start him. But I like Flacco over Sam, so. I don't think I'd put Flacco over Sam, but I think everything that's going to – everything around this pick will help Sam, I think, better himself. Then moving on to the Seattle Seagulls, or the Seahawks, if you want to be technical about it. They sign a veteran running back, Carlos Hyde, formerly of the Houston Texans. The Seahawks were riddled with running back injuries, which meant they had to sign old man Marshawn Lynch at the tail end of the season. So good pickup for the Seahawks. Obviously, he's not going to be, you know, an all-world running back, but just kind of someone to fill the void, you know, get some hard-fought yards when they need it. I mean, I, I don't know how well he's going to gel with the Seahawks. Um, I feel like in, in Houston, he wasn't uh, – worth the money if that makes any sense he he didn't really put up the yardage i think they needed from him but we'll have to wait and see then with we got some 
proposals, but not some proposal for, you know, when coronavirus is going to stop and when football is going to get back to normal. But we got some NFL rules proposals. The onside kick has slowly been dying ever since they started that new rule where you can't have a run up, uh, whatever, 10 yards, whatever. You got to line up at the line of scrimmage. And so ever since then, onside kicks have not been so successful. Not a lot of people are trying them. So there is a rule out there that possibly teams, instead of going for an onside kick, you can try a fourth and 15 from your own 25, and you can do this twice a game. Dominic, your thoughts on this? Well, just learning about it moments ago, um, I, 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 now correct me if I'm wrong, that means if you flop on the, the snap or you fumble or whatever, it's, it, well, it's, like, it's like an onside, so they pick up from wherever you fuck up, right? I would just assume if it's an incomplete pass, you start you started at the opponent's twenty five. If you catch it but fall short, it's where the ball is spotted. Yeah, um, I'm digging it. Uh, do I think a lot of teams will go for it? Probably not, unless it's you know, you know, fourth quarter. You're down by three, and you just you know you need that field goal or whatever. I can see that happening, but um, I, I don't think you're gonna you know have anyone really use it because uh, th- correct me if I'm wrong there's been a few times in history where they started the kickoff was the onside does that mean they say hey we won't be fourth and 15 or I guess you could do that you can just start off this someone can start off the Super Bowl second half and just be like yo we're gonna go for this we're gonna try to put our foot on their neck I like the I like the idea maybe the yardage or not the yardage but like maybe the placement like maybe move it up to the 30 maybe you know make it a but then on the other hand it's like it's it's just risky. So either you go for it. Can you get those 15 yards? Do you got that money play in your back pocket? And if so, you, you get to the 40 and you're in a good position after that. Cause, cause when you, I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, when you do kickoff, it's from the, is it from the 25? It is from the 35, I believe. So why couldn't they start it at? Yeah, I, I think I agree with you then. Started at the 35. It's but then that like means that it would go to the 50, which is, I mean, starting to drive at your own at the 50-yard line, a little OP. But, I, but, but then again, if you incomplete pass it, you're at the 25. I mean, I guess it's risky no matter what because if you're at the 35, you have to kick it 10 yards, you're at the 45. I mean, and as long as – you know, you don't let them slip away. The onside kick is basically at the 45. So you're saying if I'm at the 35 and I incomplete pass it, I'd rather, you know what I mean? Dominic, we're we're talking too much about numbers right now. My head's starting to spin. I'm sorry. Uh, Let's talk about uh, more proposals. Dominic, I sent you you the script so you can look at it. I did, but like I keep muting and unmuting my mic because I don't want to like be breathing heavily. So like I don't have it up, but I guess I'll put it up. I mean, I, I thought you have, like, your own fancy laptop that you can use, or maybe you can use a studio audience. Well, she's probably not going to want you to use her own iPad. Exactly. But I'm looking. I'm looking. Hang you know, on. You, uh, could, you could print it, but I, you also don't have a printer at your house. Why do I have, like, compound words? What the fuck? <laughs> Spelling words that have flying words in a day sometimes. Why do I have my nephew's homework on my Google account? What? You have Joseph's? This is weird, you guys. Your Google account has been hacked, Dominic. I guess so. I don't have your. I don't have the script anymore. Maybe it's because you're logged into the wrong thing. No, because right here I see Brandon Taguma, and then I got podcast questions. Just click on the link in the email. Oh, I didn't want to do that again. Damn it. 
Jesus Christ, Dominic. Okay, where the hell are we at? I knew I should have yeah. just like sent you. A, I should have just made it a PDF and just sent it to you. Oh, look, MLB economic proposal. There we go. So we've been talking about all this bullshit, it feels like, forever. And now the MLB is scheduled to send the economic proposal to the Players Association next week, which means this time next week when we do the podcast again, we're probably going to have more news about the players laughing at their in the owner's face. It says, yeah, fuck no, we ain't taking that bullshit. I mean... We, we, we can also hold on to hope and that they'll agree to it. Probably. That's usually what always happens. The players yeah. talk a big game, and then when they when push comes to shove, they're like, okay, I, I, just give us the money. We don't care what yeah. it is. We want to play and make our money and be rich and be cool. Get rich or die trying, right? Okay, 50 cents. Speaking of getting rich or die trying, that would be the mantra of Vince McMahon, and apparently rumor has it that after filing for bankruptcy – Vince McMahon might be secretly, not so secretly, trying to buy back the XFL. Now, I'm not a lawyer and no bankruptcy law, but apparently, as long as like you file for bankruptcy and just the company itself equals to zero, doesn't mean Vince McMahon has to equal to zero. He's able to buy back the company and not have to pay and give refunds and all this other bullshit. Kind of a schemy type of thing to do, but that's just, that, this is America, Dominic. Are, are, are you childish Gambino now? I went from Fiddy to, to Gambino, so why not? And then we're going to go to something else. I can't, I'm not smart. Well, um, if we got to give our obligatory shout-out to Trapdoor to Hell, they did like 10 or 15 song quotes, so we got to try to match them. Well, we're not doing song quotes. We're, we're doing artists. So I mean, I, I did say get Richard Die Trying, and then I said this is America. So that's two. We're living on a prayer. <laughs> just I'm, just, I'm just saying nothing. I'm going to say nothing but song lyrics now, okay? Just do Rammstein and just start speaking German for no reason. Um, you can't put me on the spot like that, man. Now, now I'm nervous. Anyways, Dominic, your thoughts on Vince McMahon. Maybe trying to buy the XFL back and third time's the charm, baby. Duhas. Did you like that? Duhas, Duhas, Duhas men. Whatever. I, I, I um, don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, do you okay with him bringing it back? With him possibly, is it a possibly buying back, or did he buy it back? He is in the process of trying to maybe buy it back. So obviously, nothing is official just yet, but there are rumors that he's trying to make some moves to buy it back. So are we saying 2021 season, 2022 season, or do you think it's just him being able to own the rights of XFL again? I think at this point, if Vince is going to go through the hassle of trying to buy it back, you would think he's going to want to do it again. I don't think he can do 2021. I think 2022 is the more likely possibility. I just think besides just him actually buying it back, just the move of, you know, screwing all these people out of money and then in the end, just trying to get it back is kind of bullshit. Did they ever? Did we ever figure out what the uh, verdict of that lawsuit was with him and the guy? Dominic, this is America. Lawsuits take a long, long time. Oh, this ain't Judge Judy. You just just don't show up and shit's done in a half hour. Yeah, hey, you know I love it when you call me Big Papa. You know. 
Does, does, no? I should just stop trying, huh? You, you should just stop trying. Okay. Now, let's get on into the world of pro wrestling. But first, we got our fan mail segment. We got Mr. X sending us a question. He's been on a hot streak. What is that, four, four weeks in uh, a row now? Hang on. Uh, let's see. Uh, one, two, three, four. Yeah, this is number five, baby. Five weeks in a row. Look at that. Do I give him the jingle? Sure, Dominic. Get, give Mr. X gets a jingle that Dominic thought of before the show started. Okay, whoa, whoa. Okay, I didn't think of it. I just blurted it out just trying to be funny. And you're like, oh, he gets a jingle and I don't. So, you know, it's time for Mr. X question of the day. Or no? week. We do a weekly podcast, Dominic. <laughs> oh, we do? I don't know if you noticed, we only do it once a week, so it would be question of the week. I feel like I talk to you like every day, though. Unfortunately, that is true. Yeah, it's true. So basically, it's it's like a seven parter. Okay. So the first thing he wants to uh, he he wants to give his opinion on on the big debate that we've been having in the past couple of weeks, which is fast food breakfast, Brandon. And uh, which rumor on the street has it that maybe Dominic will be trying Taco Bell breakfast for the first time tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, it depends if my co-host, aka Brandon Tanguma, aka Cheese, aka my best friend wants to pick me up and take me, but you know, whatever. AKA fourth wheel. Yes. Fourth wheel. Um, Cause I was the fourth person after he got diagnosed with the Rona. <laughs> so basically he wants, uh, he highly recommends the uh, breakfast baconator from Wendy's and the potatoes, which, so if I recall, you and me both agreed on the potatoes are great. You said the breakfast baconator was in too cheesy. So, you know, uh, it's kind of a lot to have for breakfast. Okay. Um, he didn't care for the honey chick, uh, honey butter chicken biscuit. That's hard to say. Which is honey- kind of the thing I was looking at because they had the Rick and Morty commercial that that, that chicken biscuit thing was looking a little scrumptious. Looking a little <laughs> thick. <laughs> that's a thick bitch. Um, but, uh, that's a thick biscuit. <laughs> hey, that's a good commercial right there. Um, but he, so he states that the biscuit and the chicken were fine, but the honey went... Uh, not really getting any of the honey in the butter and it melts into the biscuit, which makes it a little dry, which, you know, I know a thing too about dry biscuits, McDonald's biscuits, not the best. Um, uh, so Brandon, his, so his opinion is the Baconator was, was highly, he highly recommends it. Do you have any heat with Mr. X? I don't have any heat with Mr. X. I think when I had it, if Mr. X hasn't, I highly would recommend him to go to the Facebook and go watch the video. But I would say I liked it. It might not be the best thing in the world. I think I would still go to the Taco Bell Crunchwraps over that. But as I said, you know, it was kind of cheesy. It was maybe a little bit too much, a little too greasy for something in the morning. Yes, it is fast food breakfast, so you kind of know what you're getting, but you know, I, I kind of not like keep it on the light side, but you know, I think just the baconator, which it's a baconator, you know what you're getting into. It was kind of <laughs> over the top. Okay, all right. I mean, I never, you didn't let me try a piece. You're too busy being a fat ass, so I didn't get to try it. So I didn't want to contract the Rona, which apparently. I was oh wrong. my god. Anyways, uh, you know, we'll continue on with his questions as soon as we get to, uh, you know the parts of the podcast that he asks questions about. So you're telling me you're going to remember to go back to it when we're talking about his topics. You're not going to forget about it, Dominic, because I thought you were just going to say it right here. That's a lot of responsibility well, for you. 
No, I got this. I got this. And if I mess up, I swear on my big toes grave that I will make it right. Okay, I'm going to put it at the end of the script so I remember to remind you if you didn't say anything. Well, I can, I, I can shame you. We're not going to talk about this until like another like 30 minutes. So that's why I don't want to bring it up right now without talking to about it first. So I want to, I want to talk, talk about what we got to talk about. And then before we talk about the subject, then I want to bring up what he says. So, you know. Well, let's just get into it. In the world of pro wrestling, we got some sad news to talk about. Shad Gaspar, one half of Crime Time, has unfortunately passed away. On Sunday, he went swimming at Venice Beach got pulled away by a riptide and his final acts is the lifeguards came to try to save him and his son but he instructed no save my son instead and unfortunately he was pulled away and his body was found on wednesday Un- you know just sad sad news i was never the biggest fan of crime time i never really like you know looked at shad and kind of followed him after wwe but i've heard some interviews with jtg and he kind of talked about him and he just sounded like a real good dude you know you know soft-spoken you know just a good friend good brother and all the love and support that's come out in the past couple of days about him really kind of proves that in just a sad sad situation you know i, I i'm not going to say i was their biggest fan but you know i did their their comedic approach uh I enjoyed it. You know, I don't like the new, I'm not going to say I don't like the new days comedic parts because I do enjoy most of them, but I'm like, why are you comparing them to another black tag team? Oh my God. I'm just saying for something that's goofy, they're goofy, you know, like God, why do you, why do you have to read so much into it? Damn. It was just Um, too easy. I had a race. I know. I know. But, um, you know, I, I love, I, I legitimately enjoyed their, their segments. Um, granted, do I think they should have been a tag team champion? Um, I, I honestly think they should have. Um, they, I think they had enough, they had a big enough backing, a following. They were over with the crowd. You know, uh, the fans loved them. I don't know why. I don't know if it was, there was heat or maybe Vince didn't feel they were ready or something, but, um, I, I digged them. And when I heard that, you know, uh, you know that he said save my son that that hit me hard i was like damn that you know i'm pretty sure there's not a lot of parents that would have been save my son a lot of parents probably would have been caught up in the moment and said you know oh my god thank you for rescuing me but where's my son you didn't save my son you know they would have hated the lifeguard for whatever so for him to hit his last dying literally his dying wish was to save my son and they saved his son it's like that's truly amazing and you know Nothing but good things. I, I mean, have you heard anything negative about him? No. So it, it's truly heartbreaking. So we're going to make the awkward pivot to some more lighthearted news. We got Drew Gulak. Another wrestler has parted ways with, well, I guess he technically has parted ways with WWE. He didn't just get unceremoniously fired like a lot of the other people have been, but his contract came up. He had a match with Dana Bryan last week on SmackDown. Really good match. And they just couldn't come to terms. Drew asked for a pay raise, which, yes, I know it's the, during the pandemic. WWE's not making all the money in the world. But I just – I kind of agree with him that he wasn't in a prime position. But then in the past few months, he's was in that upper mid-card spot with Dana Bryan that would deserve him to get a little bit more money. So this might not be the end of him. Maybe he'll come back in WWE later on down the line. But if he does go somewhere else, 
I think his stock definitely has risen because of what he's been doing with Dan Brown the past few months. I mean, are we safe to say AEW confirmed? Or? I don't know if AEW wants to get in the business of just signing every former WWE person, but he is a good wrestler. I I know this is kind of your gimmick, Dominic. I'm kind of stealing it, but I, I think if ROH would like to offer him the money, I think him going to ROH could be a good move. He has the relationship with Evolve and Dragon Gates. So maybe he can go and do that. Maybe him going over to New Japan, whenever the hell all this bullshit blows over, that could be a lot of fun. But I'm still... Uh, Maybe not optimistic, but I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the day they come back to the table, negotiate something, and he comes back. So what you're saying is because he did it respectfully and he wasn't, you know, a dick about it, that WWE wants to do business with him in the future. I guess, Dominic. Do you have anybody in mind of who was a dick? I mean, I'm sure there's probably plenty of wrestlers who – when they're cut, fired, or denied raises, they probably sound like, oh, you motherfuckers are greedy or something like that, you know. I'm sure there's plenty of people like that, you know. You always got to say thank you and see you later. Don't burn your bridges because you never know what's going to happen. You know, everybody, you know, every rose has its thorn. Boom. See, now that one was forced, but at least it made sense. Thank you. And by the way, thank you is the name of a song, so thank you. So what does that make, like five now? Uh, Mambo number five? Hey, another song. Then Ember Moon, she's been on the shelf for a number of months because of a torn Achilles. She was on WWE backstage and she gave a little bit of an update and she talked about possibly this could be a career threatening injury, which obviously that sucks. Ember Moon was really good in NXT, never really had her time to shine on the main roster. She had moments where she showed some promise, but if this is the case, I mean, it's just really sucks because I enjoyed what she was doing, and if she got a consistent push, I think she could have been something special, especially now that Becky isn't going to be a part of the women's division. Ember coming in to be a baby face to fill that void really could have helped the company. It's a work, brother. It's all a work. I feel like this is her way of trying to be like, oh, yeah, I'm her, I'm not going to come back, and then when she makes her comeback and she wins the title and she's this big old freaking deal, you know, she can just steal the thunder that Becky has given up. You're just holding out hope that that's what Paige is doing. Maybe I I'm, I'm hoping I'm, I'm grasping for straws now. Paige. She's in the streaming uh, service, just like we are. She's a big Twitch streamer trying to get 7,000 subs. So if you got the money to spend, go and sub to your girl page. She would much enjoy that. Playing Animal Crossing. Not a big Animal Crossing guy, but that's what she's been playing lately. Eh, um, yeah, I'm, you know, I play Fortnite. If you subscribe to her, she does like the just chatting streams. You can talk to your girl Paige and, you know, ask her some questions. Uh, I would probably be banned immediately, so. I'm not even going to ask what you would ask her because you. Show me your toes. I just, okay. stole, I just stole your. I just stole your gimmick. Yeah, we're just ste- come on, Dominic. Don't be stealing gimmicks out here. Finally, should, uh, oh, okay. Oh, Dominic, what do you got to say? Nothing. Just go ahead. I was gonna do some cheesy song lyrics. Let's go ahead. Finally, we got the Owen Hart Dark Side of the Ring. It debuted this past week. The highest rated episode in the series history. Dark Side of the Ring definitely has been gaining some momentum. I thought this was a very good show 
didn't really learn too much. I think the prime reason to watch this was just to watch uh, Martha Hart, Owen's widow, as well as the son, you know, getting their perspective on the situation because there are two people that you don't really talk about or hear about all that much. And just her talking about the clip and she actually has the clip that was supporting Owen and it was like a boat clip that only takes like six pounds of pressure or something to release the latch and just, you know, just heartbreaking stuff. I think maybe I've seen the over the edge pay-per-view like once, but I never like choose to go back to that because it's just something I don't want to watch, but they showed some clips of it. JR was on there. Referee Jerry McDivitt was there. So two people definitely close to the situation and overall, you know, fantastic. I know Dominic did, hasn't seen it yet, but he does plan to watch it. We never have never really talked about the Owen Hart situation, Dominic. So just kind of want to get your thoughts on the issue. I mean, first of all, it's one of the most tragic events you can ever think of. I mean, uh, it's, I I feel for Martha. I feel for the family. I feel for everything. Um, it, it, you know, first it was just a tragic, tragic night. Um, before I continue on, you're, you're saying that WWE network has that pay-per-view on the network. They do have it on the network. It's heavily edited to where you don't watch the actual, like, it, not the incident, but, you know, kind of the moment where everything is going down. You can find it, obviously, on YouTube somewhere, but the network gets completely edited. I don't, I don't even click on it. I don't look at it. So I don't, I don't even know what it looks like because I don't choose to go back and look at that. Is it going to be awkward if I say I want to go look at it just, just, just to see, like, how edited it is you know like is it literally you know they cut you know right before he falls to okay now we're back to the show like well they probably cut it they probably edit it to where right before right at the end of where the match starts and before they plug the owen hart godfather match into when they just go into the next match so speaking of that dominic what's your thoughts of the show must go on and continuing the show after what happened? Cause technically he died during the show and they knew that. So it wasn't like he died after the show. Um, damn, you're putting me in a real hard spot. Cause, um, do, do I think it was the right move at the time? Um, I'm going to say they probably, cause he didn't die in the ring, right? He died on the way to the hospital, right? He technically didn't die in the ring, but he was pretty damn close. Yeah. So, I mean, was it the right call at the time? I'm going to say yes, just because they didn't know. Um, Looking back on it, I feel like, yeah, you guys made the big mistake, the biggest mistake you could ever think of in continuing on. But then again, it it was – to me, it's a different time period. It was – a heat of the moment uh, choice. Do we tell everybody, sorry, go home. Here's a refund. Or do we continue on with the last couple of matches and, you know, okay, he's, he's breathing. He's going to go to the hospital. He's going to be fine. I mean, I, I, I'm just trying to, I'm not really saying that that's what the choice I would have made. I'm just saying playing devil, devil's advocate here. You know, what's Vince thinking? Vince is thinking he's breathing. He's seriously freaking hurt, but he's breathing. Let's just fucking just keep going. We're almost done. Just get this shit over with. Well, I think when the decision happened, he already died. 
I think he died pretty quickly to where when the call was made that he had already passed away at that point. My thing is, I'm not going to say that it was the wrong move or the right move because when someone dies just like that, you're in a haze, you're in a fog, you're like in a panic and you don't know what to do because not only do you have to worry about Owen and what happened to him, you have to, when you have to cancel the show, then you start thinking of refunds and what the logistics and everything has to go into that. So obviously I would say, it was the wrong move to continue the show. They should have stopped it, but I'm not going to vilify them and say, oh my God, they did this, you know, horrendous thing by going on. But I think if it were to happen again, shut it down. Never do this again. I think oh, something, yeah. something that I think with WWE is, oh, the show must go on because we continue. I think it's something that it's like, oh, we did this because of Owen Hart. We continued after Owen Hart died we have to kind of make the show go on after this, which I mean, the Jerry Lawler situation, that was something that was a little bit more up in the air. If he was going to survive more than Owen Hart was, but even at that point, it was not a good looking situation. Yeah. But, but to compare Owen to Jerry, it's kind of different because, um, you know, he didn't fall, you know, however far, you know, from the, the rafters to the ring, he was, breathing heavily you know he took off his headset eventually you know but you know you can kind of see in the corner of the screen if you're watching it from on you know on tv that okay something's going wrong ringside and cut cut the hard camera or whatever get him out of the fucking picture but um you know i i want to bring up the fact that martha has um you know has holds no grudges from wwe they donated or whatever and everything but she doesn't want anything to do with them. She doesn't want Owen inducted, Be- you know, I, and I, I understand why I just feel like, um, you know, she said she's not holding grudges, but to me, she's holding a grudge if she won't allow WWE to honor Owen. Um, well, my thing is you should go and watch the documentary because at the very end, she addressed that and she was like, I'm not going to give the company the time and day to, they were negligent. They so basically, Dominic, what happened was is they did this stunt before. They hired like the top of the line company or whatever to do it. And he did it perfectly fine and safe. And then they hired somebody else that was a little cheaper. And they did this certain rig because they thought that it would be quicker and it would look better. So in Martha's eyes, you know, you cut corners and it killed my husband. And then now after all these years later, you're going to want to celebrate him, profit off of it. I maybe you know maybe you can work something out to where everything gets donated to the foundation. But in her eyes, she doesn't want the company that killed her husband to market him and you know profit off of this, which I completely understand. And I think that was one of the more poignant point poignant parts besides of when he actually passed away at the end of the documentary that you talked about. But I'm just saying though, you know, you can be adamant, you know, no profiting from him. Like there there's there's legal ways to to make sure WWE is, you know, not able to, you know, get anything from it. But you gotta remember that he was a phenomenal wrestler. His charisma, his his athleticism, like he was, you know, I, I'm sure he was destined for greatness, you know. But, you know, tragically, yeah, you know, every company in the world will take shortcuts, you know, and shit happens, you know, this happens to be one of the shittiest moments in WWE history, you know, and she says, okay, cool, you guys, what's whatever, we're cool, but, you know, it just kind of makes me a wrestling fan, you know, I'm, and just fuck it, I'll even admit it, I'm not, you know, a super fan, but 
I still think Owen Hart deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And you know what? If they don't want to, pro- if she doesn't want him inducted, you just gotta, you know. Oh, I guess I guess you couldn't use his gimmick name because that would be kind of bad. Never mind. I'm gonna shut up now. I mean, if I don't know if they just want to, if they could just secretly induct him, but then that could be like you know using his likeness, and that can just go down one big rabbit hole. But we're we're definitely going long, so let's just quickly go over the raw recap. We have Edge and Randy Orton doing a promo, and Randy Orton and Edge, you know, going back and forth. They're really pushing this greatest wrestling match ever, which. I mean, I, I think it's kind of stupid because I think people who know, and even people who don't know, realize this that this isn't going to be the greatest wrestling match ever. But uh, Edge agrees to it. It's going to happen at Backlash. And maybe the reason they're doing this is just to undercut when Edge or when Orton, you know, turns and gets a disqualification or just some underhanded tactics when this is supposed to be like a technical masterpiece of a wrestling match. I mean, I don't, I don't put him past it. I mean... It feels like Randy's stewing, you know, stewing something up to, you know, maybe take Edge out this time for good. So I, I wouldn't put it past him. We get Austin Theory getting kicked out. She is no longer one of Zelina's boys. She or he then joins Seth Rollins and his buddy Murphy as he helps to uh, beat down Alistair Black. So Austin Theory gets kicked out of one heel group and then into another one, which I. I like because I don't think it's the time for Austin Theory to turn babyface. Keep him a keep him a heel, keep him an understudy, and so at this point he's not too devalued. I mean, I think he fits in better with Rollins and Murphy, anyways. So I, I'm actually all for it because um, he's not Latino. Wow, well, you hella racist, bro. I just you know I, I already race baited you once. I'm try, once I'm trying to do it again. You're waiting for me to be like, yeah, exactly, man, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, shit, wait, never mind. You're, you're not going to keep talking? Sorry, I pulled a me and had my mic muted. Kevin Owens, <laughs> he came back, and he was kind of a pawn in this whole Zelina Boys game. I mean, I, I didn't like how Kevin Owens was just kind of there, not really talking about himself. He was just there to put over other people. Your thoughts on Kevin Owens just kind of just literally just there? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I get this weird vibe that he's not going to be here much longer. Hot take. Natty before the Kevin Owens show seemingly turning heel by throwing a temper tantrum. When, you know, we, we've seen this hundreds of times. Natty is just a bitch. Okay. I was going to do a harsh segue but charlotte flair takes on rhea ripley or not rhea ripley ruby riot too many r's uh, hello hello look, you didn't you didn't do the gimmick sorry dominic's girl charlotte flair dominic's girl rhea, or god damn it ruby riot <laughs> your girl ruby riot oh my girl ruby riot no it's your brand brandon you say your girl ruby riot oh your girl Dominic Ruby Riot taking on your uh, other girl Charlotte Flair. So I knew you're. Uh, I mean, two matches this week where your girls faced off against each other. I know this must have been a tough week for you, Dominic. It's it's very difficult. I've, uh, you know, ultimately that's why I'm taking this leave of absence from work is because I just can't handle the fact that you know they went up against each other. And Charlotte Flair gets the win. I th- I just think that Ruby Riot could be so much more. And I think after losing to Live, losing to Charlotte that 
just the die is cast and she can't be really much more than what she is right now, which kind of sucks. But I also feel like she has some upside that she's going to be on this streak and then she'll find her niche and, you know, she'll be fine. Maybe in SmackDown. Maybe. Lashley goes up against R-Truth, beats him down. Lashley goes on a hot streak. And then uh, seemingly he's the new number one contender to go up against Drew McIntyre after Drew McIntyre beats Baron Corbin. Uh, good stuff. I feel like this is a, you know, the closest thing we'll get to, uh, you know, a decent pay-per-view match with heavyweights. So, and then finally, all of our girls in a match. So, I mean, three matches, I guess, technically women's tag team title match, Alexa bliss and Nikki cross taken on the Iconics. They win 50, 50 booking at its finest after the Iconics pin the champs. Then they lose, but I think it was via disqualification or something like that. So technically, you know, they, they got to out, but continuing on this feud. Uh, I'm all for it. As long as they don't break up one of the tag teams, I'm all for it. If they, if the tag teams stay in put, I'm all for it. If somebody breaks up, somebody turns. Billy did slap the piss out of Peyton Royce. She apologized soon after. So maybe they're going to be okay. It was just a heat of the moment type thing. Dominic, if the Iconics break up, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a leave of absence <laughs> for two weeks. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm just going to throw this out there in the in the not the WWE universe. Just they just started hour. doing TikToks together, and now they're going to break up. Like, what the hell? This, I'm just throwing it out there, throwing this out in the Kerbals and Chairshots universe. You ready? What if this is a w- way to set up? You know, there's like they're disgruntled, and you know, Nikki and Lexa think, oh, we, it's an easy victory. They're going to break up, and then boom, they fake us all out, and they're perfectly fine, and they win the titles again. And the tag team titles are iconic. Hit the pose. I did moving on. Two. Too bad we don't got the video. But moving on to NXT, they start off with the Killer Cross with Scarlet still continuing on with the lip syncing and the smoke. And I think the smoke, they kind of wrestle the first part with the smoke still in the ring. I think that looks really cool. Karrion Cross yeah. comes out as an looks looking like an absolute stud. He beats down the poor old jobber. Then Tomas Trump comes out and cuts a promo, you know, really good stuff, then challenges him to a match. And these two will face off at In Your House in a few weeks. Very excited to see what that looks like. Now, your prediction, is he over? Is he going to go over or is he losing to Ciampa? I think I would have Cross win. He is up and coming. You know, he's the new act. You can maybe say something maybe Ciampa you know isn't at 100% still because of what Cross did and the match that he had with uh, Gargano so I think Cross maybe not needs to win but I would have Cross get the victory because maybe later on down the line you have Cross be that heel to go up against a babyface Adam Cole if he's still the champion so I mean I think Cross is a really good talent not saying Ciampa isn't but I think at this point in time you can maybe tell a story of Ciampa losing a little bit while Cross you know, is on on the witness streak and getting really hot. Damn, that's a really good analysis. It's like you do this for a living. I, I do it. Not for a living, though. You know, maybe these people start, you know, buying shirts from us and stuff, you know. Maybe. Then, off their match last week, Timothy Thatcher and Matt Riddle cut some promos on each other, and there is going to be a cage match, or sorry, a cage fight next week only way to win is via submission or knockout. 
and I really enjoyed the match they had last week. Hopefully they can be on the same vein. Uh, maybe some sort of, it's kind of like a blood sport type match. So I'm intrigued to see what they do here. That's, I was literally going to ask that. It's like, it seems like it's an MMA fight kind of, um, I mean, their match last week was amazing. I, I like those types of matches where it's, it feels real. Is that bad to say? That's not that bad to say. I'm hoping that they don't focus too much on the knockout aspect because I think it's similar to a last man standing match where when you try to play to the knockout and you're just staying there for 10 seconds, you know, it really works in boxing and uh, MMA and other, you know, real fights. But for wrestling, I just don't think the KO really uh, works out. But I think it should be a lot of fun. Then moving on, Dominic's girl, Shotzi, she cuts or does like a vignette where she's at a tank and she's running over shit and just a very solid kind of mid and a half promo of Shotzi just kind of telling her backstory. It's kind of weird about, you know, how Shotzi kind of comes across, but she's from Oakland, town business, got to give her love, talking about her dad <laughs> introducing her to rock music and then now she's a punk superstar. Hell yeah. So Dominic, your thoughts on your girl Shotzi? My girl, Shotzi. I didn't know she was a Mogulin, first of all, so that's amazing. Um, but, uh, you know, I dig the, I dig the vignettes. I, I, I take that back. I dig the good vignettes, the crappy ones, like, you know, the uh, – what, 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 what was that tag team called? Oh, my God. Uh, the Von Villains. I did not like them at all when they did their vignettes. So Speaking of vignettes, we didn't really talk about this. Your thoughts on the Street Profits and the Viking War Raider experience throwing axes. There's a reason why we didn't talk about it because it was utter garbage. I got to agree with that. For some reason, it was worse than the basketball one. I think just because it was longer, but I think we're going to get more of this. We're going to get a, a buddy cop comedy with the Viking Raiders and the street profits. Just can't wait for that. That's fine with me. Then Dominic's other girl. He got so many girls. Good thing the studio audience can't listen to us because she would be throwing a hissy fit right now. Mia Yim squashes Santana Garrett, fine match. And then, we get Candice LeRae, my girl, and Johnny Gargano calling her out, trying to beat her down. But then Keith Lee makes the save, so we're going to get the couple showdown. Dominic's girl, Mia Yim, with Keith Lee versus my girl, Candice, and Johnny Gargano. And then Keith Lee cuts a promo afterwards. I thought it's really good stuff. It makes sense. You're going to have a tag team match, so you don't have to have the title on the line. So maybe this is how you get heat on Gargano's. But overall, Dominic, your thoughts on what's going on with this feud? I mean, is this like the new age Cena, Nikki versus Miz and Maurice? Maybe. And then Keith Lee proposes to Mia Yim, even though they didn't actually acknowledge that Yim and Lee are together. So maybe they hint at it next week, but who knows? I mean, you know, he could have a love interest in Mia. And then, you know, you can set up like, you know, like maybe someone likes Keith and it's not Mia. And then, like, you know, me at her fight, you know, oh, I, there's so many avenues that can go down with this. So many avenues. Roderick Strong defeats Dexter Loomis with a roll-up leverage pin. Strong gets the win, which I think is probably the right decision. Loomis is kind of a, a character mid-carder. I don't exactly know what he can do. His wrestling is all right, but I think Roderick has taken so many losses recently that getting this win can help build him up. Then we get Velveteen Dream making a save. So Dexter Loomis and Dream kind of being a tag team to go up against Undisputed Era later on down the line. I don't know how they, how them two will gel together. I mean, Dream is so charismatic and, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Why are you trying to think of that word? They, they did 
a pre-taped cutaway where Dream went to go jump off the top rope over the barricade onto the floor, and it was clear as day where the Dream was like flying through the air, almost kind of like when Uncle Phil tosses Will Smith out of the out of the house. It basically looked like that, and then he falls down and hits the elbow on. It just conveniently cuts away to right when he hits the elbow on Adam Cole. I love NXT. God, that was stupid. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's them trying to play to the fact that they know it's fucking fake, so I'm not tripping on it, bruh. I think you could have got the same thing across if you just hit the elbow in the middle of the rink. Hang on, my, I wasn't able to unmute. But, Brandon, you gotta think, though. It, it's, you know, they're doing it because we are smart people. They know that when you cut away your hit, you're hitting a crash pad or whatever. It's like you gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta think outside the box, man. Moving on to the NXT Cruiserweight Tournament, uh, Drake Maverick actually beats Kushida, which sets up a triple threat match for the winner of Group A, Maverick, Kushida, and Jake Atlas. The winner of Group B is El Hijo de Fantasma. So, Dominic, out of those three men, who do you think is going to get the win and move on to the finals? Enzo Amore. Hot take, hot take, but, you know, maybe it could possibly happen. Then, in the main event, Dominic's girls, Rhea Ripley, or Ruby Riot. Who knows? Inter- interchangeable, according to me. Rhea Ripley takes on Io Shirai, and then... Oh. Guess what happened, Dominic? What happened? Your other girl came out, Charlotte Flair. Oh, my God. And beats down both of them for a no contest. The match itself was fine. And then, of course, a no contest, which was kind of bullshit. But obviously, this is going to set up a triple threat match because everybody loves triple threat matches. I'm sweating just thinking of this match, Brandon. Like, oh, my God. Like, you know. We don't objectify women on this show. I'm not taking anything away from their abilities, but, you know, it was a pretty good damn match. But if you add Charlotte to that match, it's... it's you bring it down. A, a, you know, it's a seven-star match. Seven-star match. Okay. Well, anyways, let's move on to AEW Dynamite and the Double or Nothing preview. Kicking off with John Moxley in a match against 10. Yes, 10. 10? Yeah, not Ty Dillinger. Oh, okay. Just okay. yeah, you know he gets the win, cuts a promo. Brody Lee was there at the beginning with his title belt. I think it's kind of stupid that Brody Lee has the title belt, but yeah, John Moxley isn't like in a rush to go grab it, which kind of devalues the title in and of itself. But maybe John Moxley's too cool for school. The match itself, I mean, we're going to talk about it in the end. But Dominic, just what happened? Yeah. Your thoughts on what happened on Dynamite? As a whole, or just that mo- that moment? The whole Moxley Brody Lee stuff, Dominic. Tell me your th- thoughts. Um, I don't have any thoughts, Brandon. Cause tell me something I don't know. Oh well, fuck you. No, I'm gonna say I I, I do agree with the, the you know the devaluing of the title when Moxley's not so adamant to get it back. I mean, then again, Moxley is a pseudo bad badass. He's he's no fucks giving. He's very stone cold s I would say, but I think. The difference between that and, and and almost at Ambrose, holy shit, between Stone Cold and Moxley is that Stone Cold would go get his belt back by the end of the night. He would not let that person leave with it. So, I mean, it, there, you know, 
small differences. MJF takes on Marco Stent and beats little Marco. The match itself was fine. Uh, sets up the match between him and Jungle Boy. I kind of wish maybe Jungle Boy had a little bit more of a spotlight. They do have the Road to Double or Nothing or whatever the hell they're calling it special on TNT that is going on, I think, as of this moment when we're recording. So maybe Jungle Boy gets some gets to talk a little bit there. But, I mean, the match itself was all right. Yeah, I mean, Jungle Boy, he, he, he's going to be something. I got a feeling. Especially with MGF, MJF being there. MGM? Should have been at the MGM. Should have, should have been checking in tomorrow morning, man. Damn. I know. Pay that extra just to get that early check-in fee. But Yeah, boy. Eh, well. Then we get the sit-down six-feet-apart promo between Arn Anderson, who you should never trust, talking to yes. Jake the Snake Roberts. I mean, in theory, this this should have been really good, but I just didn't think it clicked. Maybe it was they couldn't hear him that well. Maybe the environment wasn't that great in the – Stuff they had to talk about wasn't great. I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think it was that good. I wish maybe Cody was the one to do that promo, but then once again, maybe Cody's time to talk is going to be on that special, which maybe half of the audience is going to see. I mean, I, I feel like these, and this is probably going to sound really mean, you know, or or calling the kettle black, but um, you know, uh, why the fuck are these old people fucking throwing promos on or having to sit down? You know, you ain't fucking wrestling. You know, stop dwelling. Stop stop trying to get hold on to your 15 minutes and let these young guys fucking fight, man. But they're the coaches. But, okay, when – oh, God, don't get me – you know, Brendan, I've I'm going to get you started. Get started, I've Dominic. sports for so many years. I've played baseball, basketball, You were football, almost a varsity-level wrestler. Exactly. Uh, and I can say that – my coaches have never sat, you know, had a face to face with the other coach and said, you know, my team's going to kick your butt. Oh, no, my team's going to kick your butt. You know, my wrestling coach never went to the wrestling coach and said, my guy's going to kick your guy's butt. So for, for them to have Arn and Jake talk and to be like, oh, this and that, this and that, I feel like this is just the way to keep. I mean, granted, it's Arn Anderson and Jake the Snake Roberts, name value, but I don't want to see them on my fucking TV talking. You know what I mean? Dominic continuing with the hot takes. We get Ray Phoenix defeating Orange Cassidy in a good match, kind of up and down. Cassidy doing some of his stupid shit, but also doing uh, some good high-flying action. Didn't like the finish where Orange Cassidy looked like a dipshit just because Kip Saban was sitting on a ladder. Cassidy completely forgot that there was a match going on, and then we get a big old clusterfuck of all the people involved in the match, which leads to Ray Phoenix doing a dive and just completely eating shit and landed on the floor. I mean, it it, it is. Get that studio audience a pillow. I'm trying to get her the pillow. Shut up. Um, She kind of, you know, because of the Zoom podcast, you can definitely just because of the Zoom podcast, you can definitely hear the studio audience chirping a little. Oh, she's chirping. Well, sometimes when she's, I think we, when we do it in person, we think the microphones pick up a lot more than they actually do. So you can clearly hear her on this podcast. So we're almost like having a special guest. Oh, well say hi to the people studio audience. Cause they can hear clearly hear you. Apparently. Hi. Did you hear that? Yes. Great enthusiasm. Okay. okay. Um, what we're talking about, uh, we're talking about Ray Phoenix like- eating shit. 
Uh, dude, he eats, he eats a ton of shit in, in Impact, so I'm not too worried about it. He's got those strong Mexican bones, just like the studio audience. Yeah, boy. Then we get a women's tag team match. Nyla Rose and Britt Baker taking on Chris Statlander and Hikaru Shida. Uh, very sloppy, not a very sloppy match, a sloppy match. And the moment that everyone's talking about Nyla Rose getting dumped onto Britt Baker. Not exactly sure what the news is. They've been kind of silent. Maybe it's good news that they're staying silent. Maybe it's also bad news that they're staying silent. But uh, Britt Baker, someone who's been on the come up, seemingly could be out for a very, very long time because of a stupid move. So one of Mr. X's questions was, what are the thoughts on the Britt Baker uh, story that you know she may be out six and nine months with a knee injury because of what happened. Do you think it's a knee injury? Do you think she's out? What What do you think is going to happen with Britt? Well, I'm not a doctor, so she I, is. I, yeah, she well, she's a dentist. She's still a doctor. She had to go to medical school. Dental school. Whatever. I don't know, but. I, I mean, obviously, I don't know how long she's going to be out. I wish she's not. I mean, I hope that she doesn't uh, miss any time. But it just, it didn't look good. She wasn't able to put pressure on it. I mean, you never know. Sometimes in the heat of the moment, you're kind of hurt more than you actually are. And then you give it a couple of days. The body's a weird thing. Sometimes you're hurt more than you actually are. And sometimes you can push through a torn Achilles and make a couple free throws. R.P. Kobe. Or Clay Thompson, just saying. Or Clay Thompson. There you go. Or you but get I mean, carried off. Because you got some cramps like a little bitch. Holy LeBron James. Oh. Or wheelchair off because you got to take a shit. Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce. There. <laughs> uh, I know you don't watch up, Game of I don't know if you watch Game of Zones on Bleacher Report YouTube, but they, they it's like Game of Thrones, but it's with basketball shit. And they had Paul Pierce in a wheelchair. I was dying. <laughs> uh, I, I actually... I, I saw the warrior ones, but not, not, I didn't like actually like follow, follow them on it, whatever. But, um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I don't think she'll be out six and nine months. I think it's probably just like a knee sprain or something like that. She'll be fine. Even if it's a knee sprain, I don't think she's going to be wrestling. If I mean, if the knee sprain is the worst that it is, I think that's a good look. If it's a torn ACL, I mean, she could be gone for a year. So Exactly. I'm, I mean, and granted that women's division is already drown, uh, is struggling. Um, you know, shouldn't, uh, you know, her getting hurt is a pretty big deal. Then we get Sean Spears news, heavily edited, heavily, you know, graphic oriented or whatever. Sean Spears does all this just to call out Dustin Rhodes. I thought it was stupid. I don't know why he went through all this bullshit just to do that. I hope this isn't like a weekly segment. Eh, I mean, it, I feel like Sean needs needs something to get him going. I feel like, you know, when he came to AEW and he had his little feud with Cody, and I was like, okay, cool, he's actually going to be a main player in this program, and he's been kind of just floundering. So I, I hope that this this program is, you know. Well, they had that storyline where they were on the lookout for a tag team partner for him. And that just completely died. Obviously I think the COVID situation was the reason for it, but it's just one of those things where he just kind of gets a stop and start push. And, and we're back to where he was in WWE. And, and is it a good thing for him? I don't know. Is it a bad thing? I also don't know. So I'm hoping this will 
kind of make sure he kind of stays at a decent level. Then in the main event, we get Jeff, not Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy isn't there what? yet. What? Matt. Oh. Matt. There, what? What do you mean there yet? He's leaving? I don't know. Oh, God. Matt Hardy takes on Sammy Guevara in, in a fine match. You know, Sammy creating a lot of movement for the elder statesman. Maybe not the correct finish, but they are protecting Hardy by, you know, not getting pinned and getting a lot of wins. And then in the end, they go to the elite inner circle brawl that leaks into the Jacksonville Jaguars stadium, obviously setting up the uh, stamp, stadium stampede match for double or nothing. Uh, we get the returns of the Young Bucks and Hangman Adam Page. Hangman comes in, does his shit, does some cowboy shit, and still <laughs> looks a little perplexed and, you know, battling his inner self of what should he do. So, Dominic, your thoughts on uh, the match itself and obviously the big brawl at the end. I mean, fuck the match. That This brawl, I'm, I'm hoping this brawl is going to be produced right and it's going to be fucking amazing. Can you imagine them going around the whole stadium, going into snack bars and going into, the, you know, the, the, the locker rooms and just everywhere and just being complete, utter chaos? Oh, it would be freaking amazing. Seems as though Dominic is excited for that match, and that match is taking place tomorrow at Double or Nothing. And let's talk about. Hang on, oh, there's okay. one last question from Mister X. Was that too much? You you heard her right? Studio audience <laughs> did not approve, and I'm right there with her. Oh wow, you guys are jerks. The last thing, well, it was the second thing, but we went over the last thing second time. Anyways, um, he predicts and i kind of do agree with him on this that uh you know when the last time we saw vanguard matt put him in his favorite two box and placed him in a pool which was filled with water from the lake of reincarnation so he says we'll get a bigger batter 2.0 version of vanguard one um i do agree with that or or maybe we'll have like a um you know older version of vanguard one you know like like could you imagine like a pc getting thrown out you know you know like a big giant desktop computer just getting thrown at him maybe he just turns into like a big ass helicopter that just lands to the 50 yard line that would be badass too you heard it here folks first folks folks first folk first now let's get into our double or nothing predictions the buy-in the preview the pre-show match the private party taking on the best friends private party part of that west coast crew that isn't a part of dynamite for a few months now they've been on being the elite taking on the best friends who've been getting a few wins recently dominic who do you think gets the victory the team who's been gone or the team that's been slowly building some momentum i feel like the team that's been here from day one needs to get the v as in victory and that is the best friends i will go with private party don't really have a strong conviction behind it or reasoning, but I, I I just think that they've been not underutilized, but I just think they haven't been pushed to their full potential. And maybe now that the opening up has been, uh, you know, they've been opening up a little more. So maybe the limits will allow them to rest a little bit more. Maybe well, we can, maybe, we, we, we'll see what happens, Brandon. You know, I wouldn't get your happens. hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. Then we're definitely not going to get our hopes up for this match because uh, Britt Baker is supposed to take on Chris Statlander. Don't exactly know if this match will take place. I think this is going to be dependent on what happens in the women's championship match because maybe the heel wins if the babyface wins the title and the heel or the babyface wins if the heel wins the title. But I think 
Britt Baker, if this match takes place, give her the win because she's the one that's definitely on the hotter streak. Or if she is, I agree, but or if she is hurt, who takes her spot? I think you give a little phony call to uh, Awesome Kong and have her come down and beat some ass. You heard it here first, folks. Awesome Kong. It's going to be a double nothing once again. Anyways, Sean Spears takes on Dustin Rhodes. I mean, not expecting a whole lot from this match. Sean Spears was continuing to poke and prod Cody, so maybe this could be a way for him to get the win and then maybe move on to face Cody. But I think you can get a little bit more to Dustin, you know, let him be that elder statesman that kind of gets a little bit of a win behind him and then he just kind of gets knocked down he can use that credibility to build somebody else up but i just don't think sean spears is that guy to be built up i mean i mean they both could you know really use a build up though i mean granted i i don't know how to feel i don't really think this match really care i don't really care about this match i think this match doesn't really need to take place agreed if this match had, was it on the card I wouldn't be hating too much. Then we get the women's title match. Nyla Rose taking on Hikaru Shida. I mean, you can go really either way. The women's division, you know, it's not set in stone of what's going to be going down. I think you just keep it on Nyla. I mean, I would like to maybe see Shida win it just because I think she's good. And she can have some, you know, pull some decent matches out of some of the women on that division. But I, I just feel like they're going to keep it on Nyla. I mean, not... I mean, there. I don't know. Nyla's not the best champion. She's too green. Um, do I? Th- I mean, I guess keep it on Nyla, but they they drastically need a big signing, or they need somebody to catch on. I mean, you can't keep having the same people. You know what I mean? It's, and it's hard with the pandemic because you can't pull Japanese women. You can't pull European women. You have to kind of – you're from this small pool, and you're not going to want to – I don't think they want to sign anybody outside of the company at this point. So you, you kind of just have a few number of women, and they are all have just had the matches and wrestled each other already, and it's kind of – we know where everyone slots in at this point. Exactly, and you know, I know you said it before, and I know they feel the same way with what you say, and you don't want to sign ex WWE people, but you know, they had the chance to get Melina before she signed with NWA. Um, you you can go after TNA people. You sh- they could have got Emma, or uh, what's her what's her ring persona now? Um, what, what is Dashwood. the brand? Tanil Dashwood. You know, I was going to say like tennis, but that was not right. Could have got Tennille Dashwood. You could have got Molina. You know, you could have had a few people that, you know, uh, I'm not going to say bring it credibility, but can put on some matches. But instead, they went the route of let's bring these practically nobodies in. Sarah Logan is out there. I think she still has the no compete clause. Obviously, she does live in the Florida area. I mean, kind of everyone lives in the Florida area in WWE. So that is someone that you can bring in. But once again, I just don't think she can. I mean, she's a good wrestler, but I just don't think she's that star, that person that's really going to elevate the women's division that they need. I mean, that's that's you don't even mean to say that. She's definitely not. Not to say that it wouldn't be someone they can bring in just to have some different matchups, but she's not. She's not going to be the you know Sasha Banks of AEW. 
Then we get the casino ladder match. We had Darby Allen, Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, Frankie Kazarian, Luchasaurus, and a mystery part, mystery participant. Now, Dominic, who do you think that mystery participant will be? Will it be a part of the company, or will they maybe bring somebody outside for a one-off, or maybe even win, which means they will sign a long-term contract? It sounds like you already have a feeling who it is. So, Brandon, why don't you tell me who you think it is? Honestly, I have no idea who it is. Maybe it's Drew Gulak. Maybe it is. Maybe it's uh, John Cena. I don't know. Because I feel like this mystery person is going to be just somebody in the company who you're kind of like, oh, really? It's going to be like Christopher Daniels or somebody like that. It's going to be something stupid. Maybe you could go the route of Jeff Cobb. I kind of haven't thought about this until right now, but Jeff Cobb did wrestle with AEW a little bit. I don't exactly know what his contract status is. He has the history with John Moxley. He could, you know, be a bull in a china shop and just destroy everybody, get the win, get the title match, then maybe have another one-off match and he leaves. That could be a possibility. That that could be a possibility. Um, it. I'm just trying to think of who's out there that, you know, would thrive in a ladder match. Um, it, it's, I mean, would you, would you want a legend? Would you want, you know, uh, a high flyer? It's like, I'm just trying to think who would, who would fit that, you know, what, what do they need in that match? You know what I mean? I'm trying to think of it and I can't think of anyone. I don't exactly know who it's going to be, but my pick to win will be Darby, Darby Allen. They've been putting some juice behind him. He had a, a promo with Taz these past few weeks. He had the vignette. May, it might be a little too soon because he has had the match with Moxie, have the storyline there. I think it could be a good kind of one-off hardcore style match, so I'm going to go with Darby Allen. You know, you did say they put some juice behind Darby. Maybe it's a wrestler called Juice Robinson. I thought you were going to go Orange Juice for Orange Cassidy. Oh, no. Fuck Orange Cassidy. He's, I don't even know. Why is he even in the match? He's just going to have his hand in the pocket the whole time. How is he going to grab a title, contra, whatever it's going to be? Like, how do you, how is he even going to climb the ladder? It, it, it's pointless. Well, you're going to have to stay tuned to find out. Maybe. Might be too sloshed. Maybe too slushied. My phone won't unmute. God damn it. Yes, maybe too slushy. I don't know. Yeah, that was definitely worth the wait. MJF taking on Jungle Boy. I think this match could go either way, but I think you definitely have MJF get the win. They made it a point to point out that MJF hasn't been pinned his entire AEW career. I think this could be a good match, maybe a sleeper match, but I'm going to go with MJF. I'm going to go with Jungle Boy. I feel like uh, it, it would... You know, I'm not going to say it's like a great five-star match, but I can see them maybe Jungle Boy getting like a schoolboy victory and really just really eating away at MGF and MGF just goes fucking crazy on him. I could see that happening now. It's that point of the show where I ask you, Dominic, what do you think the main event of the show will be? Will it be Cody Rhodes and Lance Archer for the first ever TNT championship, the elite inner circle stadium stampede match, or John Moxley taking on Brody Lee for the AEW World Championship. I'm torn because all three are main event caliber. Um, I, if in my opinion, in my opinion, it should go uh, 
the Cody Rhodes Archer match, uh, then Brody Lee and Moxley, and then having the Elite versus Inner Circle match at last. So that's what you're going with. Yes, just because, just because it's going to be. I, I feel like the the stadi- the Stampede Brawl is going to be some huge event. You'd want that to be the last thing, and especially with the elite being the elite, and hopefully the elite's going over. You know, you want that to be your your last shot of the of the of the, of the night. But you need to have the world title second to last because of the fact it's the world title. And but you have the crowning of a new championship. I don't know. I really don't know, Brandon Lincoln. I'm going to go with the world title match being the main event. I think they even said that that is the main event. And they've been doing a pretty good job of having that world title match always be the main event. So I think they're going to keep it this way, even though it's obviously not a marquee top-of-the-line world title match. But I think they'll still keep it that way. Maybe they go TNT's. Uh, stadium stampede. Maybe they go back-to-back title matches, but uh, since Dominic thinks TN- the TNT Championship will be the third from the top, we'll go with that one first. Cody taking on Lance Archer for the inaugural TNT Champion. Iron Mike Tyson will be there in attendance. He is able to roam free, so very similar to his match uh, participation in the main event of WrestleMania 14. Dominic, who do you got in this match and the possibility of Mike Tyson getting involved with who and what goes on later with that? I'm just going to say you're going to see Mike Tyson holding up Cody's hand and then Archer is going to get up to be like, no, I deserve it or whatever. And Tyson's going to one knock him, one punch, knock him out. That's going to be the end of that match right there. So basically you're just saying it's going to be a, a clone of WrestleMania 14. Yes. Now does Mike Tyson go in and make the pin? Uh, no, I think, I think you don't have him interfere or anything. It's just going to be – he's going to be in there to give Cody the strap, and then when Archer tries to do something, he just punches the shit out of him. I'm going to go with Lance Archer. Not completely, you know, 100% behind that decision, but I just think having Archer be the champ, be that first guy, you know, have a heel champion on one side and have a babyface champion on the other. I think it's kind of a good – yin and yang dynamic there so i'm gonna go with him i mean i think mike tyson will get involved in some which way maybe not during the match but definitely after the match i don't think we're gonna see lance archer take on mike tyson but uh, i mean there was rumors that maybe this is supposed to be for sting and mike tyson was a replacement but uh, i'm intrigued to see what they do in this match do you think this isn't the super emotional match that cody normally has but i think they could uh get some i think it could be a really good match I mean that that is pretty true. A lot of the matches lately Cody's been having has been very, you know, special, emotional. Oh my god, I'm gonna cry. So for him to go in and just be like, I'm gonna beat this guy's ass, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of excited. Then the, uh, well, Dominic said this match is good. This match will be the main event, so we're gonna go on his territory. John Moxley taking on Brody Lee for the AEW World Championship. I'm going to go with John Moxley. I think both of these guys are going to be uh, determined to uh, get a good match, and I think it will be better than the Moxley uh, Hager match that happened a few weeks ago. There will be a little bit more people in the crowd, so that could help the environment and the match itself, but in the end, I think Moxley is going to get the dub. I mean, Moxley has to get the dub. If you're going to have him drop at the Brody Lee, it I I will the the very little watching of AEW I do it will make me not watch at all. 
you do not let Moxley lose. And then in Dominic's main event, the Elite takes on the Inner Circle in a stadium stampede match. They were supposed to be uh, face each other in some sort of war game style match. That never happened because of Corona. Thanks, Rona. But we're going to get this stadium stampede match. Dominic, do you think, I think with it being in a stadium, very big, very wide open, you can't just have it be live. I think it's going to be very heavily produced and very maybe Matt Hardy final deletion-esque. Maybe not too crazy, but I think it will be post-produced and heavily edited. I'm hoping it is. I think, uh, I, like I was saying earlier, to have them all roaming around. And you can, and you can ed- like you said, edit it out and everything, but you can have them all roaming around. One is at one end zone, dump, jumping off of, uh, the field goal post. You can have one and snack bar area in the bathrooms, in the locker room. You can have this take place anywhere in the damn stadium. I think it is going to be amazing. I think maybe you do something to where you have a live shot and then you can like blend that into the post-produced match. I think that could be kind of a cool way to kind of introduce the match. Maybe they start off with a brawl and they do a cutaway to where they go to the, the regular match. But with the match itself, I'm going to go with the elite. I know the inner circle might've been losing a little bit, but with the young bucks coming back and hangman page, I think this is a good way, you know, get their heat back, get the win. I mean, they're still tag team champions and hangman page hasn't really been doing a whole lot. So I don't think he's going to turn on the elite. He, he cut a, a drunk promo in the woods on being the elite. So he's maybe thinking about it's time for him to come home and be with his family. And uh, we're going to get a big old emotional moment of, Hangman Page hugging everybody. So correct me if I'm wrong. It is the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Adam Page, and uh, Matt Hardy versus Chris Jericho, Santana and Ortiz, Sammy Guevara, and Jake Hager. I believe Chris Jericho was a part of that match. And how they get five people? I can't do math. You know what, Dominic? How about... If I go on the Wikipedia right now, why? No, just shut the fuck up and let's fucking finish up. Dominic, you were asking, and then I forgot that if I type in AEW, it doesn't come up as AEW. It's a fucking real estate investment thingy. I didn't ask that. No, I typed in AEW.com, and AEW.com is some like real estate investment. Oh. Thingamajig. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, you have to spell out all elite wrestling. Oh. And you call yourself a fan, you dweeb. Sorry, you know, I just follow them on the thing of socials, which, you know, which you guys can all do too. You can follow us on Facebook at Curveballs and Chair Shots. You can DM us on Facebook or, you know, follow us on Twitter, Curveballs and, C- Curveballs and CS. Um, you know, email us at curveballandcs at gmail.com like Mr. Dominic, Dominic, I don't know how you got this. You you made it a lot more confusing than it actually is. Okay, so we got the elite. Kenny Omega, Adam Page, Matt and Nick Jackson with... Matt Hardy. Yes, with Matt Hardy. That's five. Yes, and then I said... Chris Jericho, J.K., your Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz. Yeah, is that what I said? Yeah, but then you made it seem like it was like four on five or something. He got me all confused. Didn't I say Chris Jericho? The be- okay, whatever. You're drunk. Go home. I I am drunk. You know, I had one mango cart beer. I am just wasted. You started without me. Oh, I got a fucking cramp. God damn it! Ow. I'll carry him off. He's just like LeBron. You got it, Dominic. Pull through. Finish out this podcast. Well, as Dominic is cramping, and the studio audience carries him off the court, I will say goodbye to all the lovely 
and beautiful people out there. Thank you all very much for tuning in. My name is Brandon Tango, and that's been Dominic Hobson. Goodbye. Rubbing one out. Not, not like that, but just, you know, rubbing out his cramp. Hope you guys enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Stay safe and social distancing and all that jazz. You know, goodbye and good night. Uh, uh, bye-bye. <laughs>